0: We're back for Heaving Bosoms, the podcast where two friends chat and giggle about a new romance novel each week. This week, we're continuing on the thankful train by doing a recommendation from the very first listener email we've ever gotten. We're seriously floored by the response we've gotten so far, and we love hearing from you. So today, let's dig into The Duke and I by Julia Quinn. Okay, hi Erin. Hey, Mel. Good morning. <laughs> good morning. Well, or should we good, say, good midnight? Good to midnight Aaron. to
1: you. No, it's <laughs> not in midnight. Midnight would be a more convenient time. <laughs> <This is laughs> like the wee hours of the morning. This is this is three in the morning for Erin because she is a baller who cares about us. It's three twenty in the morning because somebody oh. was late. Actually,
0: <gasps> oh, <laughs> she called me out. <laughs>
1: You That's right, listener.
0: I, in front I of totally all, our legions it. of fan, and I've called true. you out. It's true. Well, actually, speaking of legions of fans, mm-hmm. we decided to keep with our Thanksgiving theme, but instead um, show how thankful we are for our listeners, because <laughs> yeah. um, we actually have some of those, uh, and it's kind of great. So we got this incredibly wonderful email from Michelle B uh, in Australia. And she let us know like what she loves about romance and like some of her proclivities um, that made me really happy. Because in a lot of ways, I feel like all of us have a couple of little niche interests that we can't really explain. And although Michelle mostly reads romance, she has a love of professional sportsmen romances which I find hilarious because most of the time she said she doesn't even know what they're talking about because she doesn't they, like they don't have American football in Australia you know what I mean it was it was really funny anyway Michelle is a gem and she recommended the Bridgerton series by Julia Quinn to us she specifically loves book four but um, as we did more research we found out that the books, reference each other quite a bit and there would be a lot of spoilers if we started at book four so we have decided to say thank you so much and be so thankful to our listeners by doing um the duke and i by julia quinn
1: yeah and if if you also sent us an email and asked for us to do a book or you gave us a five-star review and asked us to do a book and like are cognizant of the bribe um you know we're on our way we're gonna you know we're gonna do the five star review books, but this is this yeah. is like our Thanksgiving thankful episode. So we're we're gonna do those. Don't be
0: like, well, I took the bribe. <laughs> do yeah, I totally. Put. There has been at least one um, one person that that really doubled down on the bribe, and we promise that we'll also get to yours. But this one this one was just we really
1: read it before anyone bribe. took the bribe. Unfortunately, it's it's true. It's no, true. actually, fortunately, I'm
0: really happy we read this book. Me too. Okay, wait. So here's the thing. Michelle really recommended a book that gives me everything I love in a romance novel. First of all, I really dug the characters. um, And I really dug a lot of the things that happened. But there was also a metric (laughs) fuck ton of problems, which you know I also love. (laughs) So... Yeah. So this is a book that not only made me feel all the things in my brain and heart and pants, but also um, made me think about gender equality and double standards and casual sexual assault and (laughs) random threats of violence. Like it was really, it was everything and more. Uh Yeah. So in this book, We have Daphne Bridgerton. She is the fourth of eight children, and she's the first girl. So she's the first one to, like, go out into the London society because this is 1813, and that's a thing. Again, the time period is England for this (laughs) book. Okay, I did look it up. It's technically the Regency era, right after the Georgian era. And it's right when Pride and Prejudice was published. Uh So it's like that time. Don't think corsets and hoop skirts. Think corsets and slim silhouettes, everyone. Really? Yes.
1: It's it's literally all the same to me. Anything between... (laughs) i'm sorry anything between like 1750 and like 1910 for me is time Mm. period england like that's like (laughs) it is it is one thing to me and i it will never change and i'm sorry i can learn all the history i want but all historical romances are that time period to me i dig that about you
0: okay so then we have simon the duke of hastings Let me see. So the prologue actually starts giving us a a look into Simon's childhood, which is incredibly important because it's, it's pivotal to his character going forward. Basically, Uh, it's it's so sad. It's awful. It's so awful on so many levels. So it's awful, first of all, because his mother literally breeds herself to death. She's like, I don't have a marriage that I particularly am fond of. And my one goal in life is to create an heir for the Duke of Hastings. Yeah. And it literally is her one goal in life. Like the, the book
1: writes, but the ju- the Duchess, God bless her, knew her role in life. Like this is after she's had however many miscarriages and it's, and it's still to threaten her life.
0: And doctors have... have said, you have to stop or you will die. Right. But the Duchess, God bless
1: her, knew her role in life. And after a six-month recuperative period, she opened the connecting door between their bedrooms and the Duke once again commenced his quest for a son. It just broke my heart. I was like, girl, live your best life. Like, get out there. She can't.
0: She doesn't know what that is. I know. Nobody knows what that fucking is. Ugh. Okay, so she breeds herself to death. She dies right after producing this heir for the Duke of fucking hastings which he does not deserve because of course he rides off into the night as she's bleeding to death back home to celebrate and and raise his glass of ale and do all the bullshit mm-hmm. and then bounces because he's not actually interested in being a father oh, like, and then he doesn't he want sh- to be
1: around until he can like teach his son duke stuff
0: yeah and so he shows back up when the kid is two, as if a toddler is capable of learning Duke stuff. And everybody's like, you're being a bit of a crazy face. And he's like, hum, 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 hum. I'm the Duke of Hastings. <laughs> so of course I'm not.
1: <laughs> to be honest, like I, d- I wouldn't know when my child could learn Duke stuff either. I'd probably check in around two as well. Here's just the to thing. be like, is he ready for Duke stuff? Like, is he talking? Does he do math yet? Okay. No, here's the know. thing.
0: Way too many pivotal developmental and character things are made from zero to two that if you want to just check in it to, go fuck yourself. <laughs>
1: Wait, he I'm is already,
0: he like is the already absence. the Duke he's gonna fucking become. Ya dick knows. Get out of here, Duke of Hastings. And I'm not saying you would be an absent parent, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, saying that it's recoculous to think like that, Duke of Hastings. <laughs> Okay, so this motherfucker shows back up and then he keeps just checking in. And then by like four, he realizes that his kid isn't talking. And like he's he's reading, he's very smart, he's engaged, he obviously understands social cues, like all those sorts of things, but he's not speaking. And so in a fit of parental genius. This asshole decides to threaten the kid with bodily harm and shakes him. And I think he like almost hits him with a brush or something weird. I don't remember. Yeah, there was something. It's horrifying. I think it was a brush. It's horrifying. And that's when um, Simon speaks his first words, which are like, don't you dare hit me, except he can't get through them because he has a stutter. And then, of course, the Duke freaks the fuck out because his heir is a nitwit who can't talk. And he Mm -hmm. is a stutter, and so he just disappears for fucking ever.
1: So Simon, but the thing that sucks the most, though, is Mm -hmm. like he starts telling people that the kid is dead, or like I don't have a son. So everyone just assumes he's dead, which I think is the worst part of the whole thing.
0: Oh, it absolutely is. So well, and no, the worst, the worst part, honestly, is that Simon doesn't even know any of that, and so he and his nurse bust their balls. Trying to get him to be able to speak, quote unquote, properly. And it takes about seven years until he's 11 to where he, I mean, and this is like a daily thing. He is working, working, working every day to try to make sure he can make sounds. And um, I don't know. Then he shows up at, and the Duke, the, he finds out that the Duke has told everyone that he's dead and he... Tries to win his father over and his Writes father's him all like, the letters, and his father won't respond ugh. to the
1: letters.
0: Oh, but for then
1: years when he gets yeah. old enough and he becomes he becomes articulate and he's you know he can be the heir, and they realize there's no other male heirs in the family. Then all of a sudden, dad wants to be like, Oh, this is my son, and isn't he great? And he when he grows up all handsome and dashing yeah. and smart, yeah, well,
0: right, so he. After the they, they have this whole thing where he goes to try to win his dad over, he totally rejects him. And then at that point, Simon vows that if he can't be the son his father wants, like just because he, you know, can't, it's not it's not in his being, then he's going to be the exact opposite. And that is his pivotal character thing. Okay. Right. So he goes and travels the world to like avoid his
1: father and
0: he well so he yeah no he he does really well in school both schools oxford and Eton, and he's first in mathematics and he does all the things and he's really accomplished and that's then he enters society afterwards and his father's like her 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 son and tries to hug him in public and simon's like i'm getting the fuck out of here and he he leaves he bounces for six years so as we enter the novel daphne is in her second season um she has (laughs) i know right (laughs) (laughs) it's just like this is a knee jerk reaction of like this oh same
1: second season of availability for marriage. <sighs> like Ugh.
0: yeah, totally. England, so, not um, the country, the time period. <laughs> <laughs> so, her mom's freaking out because she's already turned down four or five proposals. A lot of them were like geriatric, and other of them were adults. And Simon has just reentered the scene because his father died. Okay, also. Uh, an important part of I'm hoping the whole Bridgerton series is the gossip girl of England. Oh, it is lady. I whistled went, in. I went oh, and yeah. read
1: like every synopsis of all of these. Cause I liked it so much. And yes. Then, ugh, well, we'll get to it, but yeah.
0: Okay. Really so, good stuff. Yeah. Lady, uh, whistled or whistled down. I don't fucking know. She, um, she's like the gossip girl of London society. And, right. uh, Everybody's everybody on the one hand wants to be in her papers and on the other hand doesn't. And so she's a great through piece through this whole thing because each chapter opens up with a new like framing from Lady Whistledon.
1: and it's a pseudonym. like no one knows who she is, and like that's right. part of the thing is like, who
0: is Lady Whistledon? I'm hoping that it is her, her mom
1: Violet. I know who it is, and I'll tell you but, afterwards. and it is oh my god! but that's that's <gasps> is one it Lady Danbury. Reasons- I can't tell you. I'm not going to tell you and stop guessing. But okay. <laughs> that's one of the reasons that we couldn't read book four, because it's already out by the time book four oh. happens. And so when I went and read the synopsis of the the one that um, Michelle wanted us to read, I was like, romancing Mr. Bridgerton. Yeah, this is a big reveal. We probably shouldn't just like out with it, especially if it's a secret for the first three books. That's a long time. Totally. So
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. We meet Daphne and her mother. Her mother is the best in a lot of ways, and also the worst. And uh, then Simon, Duke of Hastings, is back, and he is best friends with Anthony, Bridgerton, Daphne's oldest brother. They're all named for letters in the alphabet. Alphabet.
1: The alphabet. Right. It's three a.m. Mm-hmm. So it's Anthony. What Beauregard?
0: No, Benedict.
1: Uh, Benedict. Benedict. Anthony. Benedict. There's a C. Colin,
0: Colin, yeah, Daphne, Daphne, and and on and on, yeah, um, la la so, la la, Hyacinth, right. So when we meet Simon, he's talking to Anthony, and Anthony's telling him all about the woes of being an eligible bachelor in London society, and how you're you're always followed around by these ambitious mamas, quote unquote, and darling daughters, or something like that, debutante daughters, and uh, then invites him to dinner. Okay. So now cut to Lady Danbury's ball. Lady Danbury is the most delicious. She's Mm -hmm. excellent. She um, is this sort of dragon lady who always tells it like it is. And Daphne has just turned down this guy called Nigel, who is very sweet, Uh, but very dumb. No, 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 no. I I I need to talk about Nigel for a sec. Okay. Okay. Get it, girl.
1: Nigel is a nice guy. He's a he's one of those he's a quote, quote unquote, unquote nice guy. Nice guys. Yeah, and I'm so wow. happy that that was represented in, in a romance novel. It's one of those guys who like follows you around and is like does favors for you. Like in modern times, does favors for you, wants to be your best friend, is very complimentary, and then when you don't want to date them, turns hostile and it acts like you yeah. owe them something because they helped you move
0: or whatever right uh, and, and specifically yeah. you owe them your vagina yeah um and how dare you lead him on and then not give up the goods that's exactly who nigel is thank you so much for and they are the worst yeah. worst kind of men they are yes. the
1: worst kind of men yeah end, i would take period.
0: a rake and a scoundrel over a uh, nice guy any day uh-huh. okay yes so um already goes to leave Oh, she's so already she's turned already, him down. Yeah,
1: he's she's already turned down his proposal one yeah. time, and she's trying yeah. to avoid him at the ball
0: now because he's has he already proposed twice at this point? No, film? it's only been the once. Okay, um, and but Anthony formally turned him down, and so of course in his brain he's like, maybe your brother just doesn't see how much we're in love, and she's like, nah, bra. What? No, she has turned him down twice because she says you would think two proposals
1: in two weeks, like two rejections in two weeks, he would have learned. I'm pretty oh. sure he's proposed twice by the time of gross. the ball. I could be wrong. but he, Yeah, he's gross. gross. Anyway, so, so he
0: follows her out into a hallway as she's attempting to leave because, again, she's trying to stay away from him. He has drunk like half a bottle of whiskey up at this point to um to get his nerves up. And he's trying to talk her into marrying him. So Simon is walking down the halls trying to make a quiet entrance into the ball so he can say hi to Lady Danbury and then fuck off. <laughs> and he's like, oh, no, I, I interrupted a lover's tryst. And then as he hears Daphne being like, no, no, get away from me. Ugh, cause I, uh-huh. He goes to be the hero, but then learns that he doesn't have to be because Daphne is the best. And she cold cocks Nigel right in the eye and he goes down what's up which she should because not only is he
1: like oh Daphne, yeah I love you so much just marry me just marry me he's also doing the manipulative thing that these assholes do mm. where he's like you have to marry me who else is going to like pity oh. me so much take so much pity on me I'm gonna be so sad if you don't like it's, it's gonna be your fault how sad I am and no one's ever gonna marry me Daphne Oh, I
0: hate this shit It's true. So not only that, but he's also getting physical. And so she punches him right out. And it's awesome. So he goes down and Simon's like, I didn't I thought I was gonna have to play the (laughs) hero. But it turns out you're not, you don't need that. And so then there's excellent banter. Simon's like, Oh, this this lady's like, actually kind of pretty, although, you know, she's not like a stunner, but woo. And he's like fantasizing and he's looking at her wide lush mouth and all the things. And then, um, she finds out, Oh, and then he goes to, to quote unquote, play the rake. And he's, he's got mm. her like backed up against a wall and he's, Oh God, what did you say? About- wait, I want to read it. Wait, wait, okay. wait,
1: wait. Oh, also, did you find the, um, did you find the typo during this
0: chapter? Yeah, there were three in the book total. <laughs> This one was a good one though.
1: Well, first they do a lot of they do a lot of like good bantering. Like she says uh-huh. that he's like not listening to her. She's calling him on it. Like he's like la 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 la, la lady stuff. Like she's talking and I'm not listening. And then she's like, Why aren't you listening to me? And he's like, Ah which is kind of fun. And then he sees her, like she kinda of steps into the light and he sees like how beautiful she is and she's got like a curl of hair that he's like into. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it says, maybe it was the way her lips pursed when she was annoyed. Uh, it's not a good thing to find attractive about it's a person. It's really not. Um, or maybe it was the way they parted when she was shocked. All he knew was that he was helpless against his own devilish nature when it came to this girl. And so he leaned forward, eyes heavy-lidded and seductive, and he said, I think I know what your mother would say. Oh, she said, what would my mother say if I were caught alone right. here with you rakish duke? I think I know what your mother would say. She looked a little befuddled by his one finger. Oh, wait. Ah, She looked a little befuddled by his onslaught, but still managed a rather defiant "Oh." Simon nodded slowly, and he touched one finger to her chin. She'd tell you to be very, very afraid. There was a moment of utter silence, and then Daphne's eyes grew very wide, her lips tightened as if she was keeping something inside, and then her shoulders rose slightly, and then she laughed (laughs) right in his face. Oh, my goodness, she gasped. That was very funny.
0: Yeah, yeah, so she just laughs at him and it's so great because he's obviously taken aback. He was trying so hard and it was pretty obvious that he was trying so hard. Mhm. Then just afterwards he learns who she is and so he's like, "Oh, best friend sister, guy code can't get near you. Okay, bye." And she says Oh, that- oh, oh. this is my favorite line in the book. Right after he oh, does please.
1: that like, "Be very afraid. I'm so sexy." Like, mm-hmm. "Turn." She says that it was a it was an admiral attempt at dukish rakishness. And then she says, or do you prefer rakish (laughs) dukishness?
0: I really like
1: that's my favorite line in the whole book.
0: Oh, I love that. Okay, cool. So then they start strategizing about how to get Nigel home without embarrassing him or ruining her. Because let's review. Those are the stakes for men and women.
1: Mm -hmm. Nigel
0: will be embarrassed because he's drunk. Daphne will be quote unquote used goods and will never make a good marriage or have children because she was alone, because she was forced to be alone with a man in a hallway. Okay. Mm-hmm. England. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Again, time period, not country.
0: Right, exactly. <laughs> so then, so basically by the end of the chapter they do a lot of flirting and a lot of banter and a lot of um you know being frustrated with one another and they Mm -hmm. finally decide that nigel can go fuck himself and leave him there and and enter the ball again Mm -hmm. so the ball is horrendous simon is besieged with ambitious mamas and debutante gals who are really boring and uh, of course daphne is being carted around in front of each of the men by her ambitious mama, and it's awful. And so Simon takes her to dance to try to get away from a a particularly annoying family, the Featheringtons, Mm -hmm. who we're going to read about again in book three because I have to, book four, Book four because I have to, yeah. Well, they describe the three Featherington
1: sisters as like super dumb. Well, the whole family is very dumb. They have feathers for brains. Not... Except for Penelope. But they also, like, at first I was kind of mad by the author's treatment of the third Featherington sister because it was like. He looked at the first two and was like, Oh, they're lovely. But the third has some baby fat, and like her dress is too tight,
0: and she's a little pudgy. Well, and she's wearing tangerine when her complexion won't allow it. And honestly, you put me in tangerine, it's going to be a bad situation. (laughs) Tangerine and oatmeal, my friend, cannot pull it off. Oatmeal, I feel for. Yeah. Yeah. I feel for poor Penelope because she's actually the smart one in the family. And yeah. She's just young and blah. Anyway, we're going to learn about her later because we're obviously going to read about Colin. He's the best brother. And
1: she's like,
0: I can't wait to read a book about her. She's going to be the
1: heroine with the most rakish brother of the Brid- Bridgertons. Mm-hmm. I'm, we're so sorry, Michelle. You should have read book four. When I read that plot, I was like...
0: Argh. No, but we wouldn't know the stakes if we hadn't read book one. It really is important. I just think that that people should read the whole Bridgerton series probably because Michelle recommended it and it's been, it has not treated me unkindly so far. Okay. (laughs) So by the end of the ball, they decide that they're going to fake date so that he can get away from the the onslaught and she can get a break from her mother. Right. And of course, okay, I'm I'm a sucker for a fake dating plot line. I don't know why. <laughs> well, then
1: you love dukes because this apparently happens a lot.
0: Yeah, dukes just go around fake dating everybody yeah. apparently. According to this and and Duchess of Warcraft. Right. So, Duchess War. God. Okay. <laughs> why? why? <laughs> I have no idea so then after the ball <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> okay okay all right I'm back oh you should be used to it by now we've uh-huh. we've been friends for years okay <laughs> so <laughs> he shows up at our house the next day because you're supposed to court in daylight as well as at nighttime mm-hmm. and he finds like 17 guys tons of them holding flowers one of them reciting bad poetry and he's like wtf motherfuckers i'm mm-hmm. clenching my fists and i'm wondering who i should punch first because oh, even God, though i'm right? fake dating this girl i'm still sort of dating her though
1: even though <laughs> that was the fucking point of the whole thing was like i'm gonna fake date you like the quid pro quo here is what he gets out of it is he doesn't have to date anybody else he doesn't have to like deal with this and she's gonna get more suitors so like when she gets more suitors he shouldn't be all pissy about
0: it well except man and testosterone okay yeah i forgot to mention that daphne is basically the best friend girl next door and so all of the men she's interested in just look at her as a friend and and not as a romantic not as like the romantic ideal so She's delighted to be courted by all these people Him, her mm-hmm. mother on the other hand is like everybody get the fuck out there is a duke in our presence you need to go <laughs> right now and she shoes everyone out and leaves them alone. For far longer than is proper. Even though she, like,
1: in the first chapter was like, this new duke is in town, Daphne. Do not be seen with him because he is a rake and he has a terrible reputation. But then when he's actually there and he turns his icy blue eyes on Violet, she's like, oh, maybe he's all right. He seems fine.
0: Like Actually, my favorite line in the book, probably, or at least my favorite Mm. line from her mom is, um is reformed rakes make the best husbands. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And after our male virgin plotline in The Duchess War, you should agree, Aaron. Okay. So. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. I what, Yes, I
1: do. I agree with that. I know. <laughs> Virgins. Okay.
0: So during that time, he notices a thin ring of green in her brown eyes, Aww. and he is positively enchanted by that and her overall ability to speak out loud with him Mm
1: -hmm. oh and he brings flowers but he brings them for her mother instead of her and her mother like tears up like take notes men as if as if any men there's there's one person listening to this hey michelle what that is not even true (laughs) i know
0: know know. three (laughs) men who listen to this at the very least you I'm can like this podcast without liking romance novels and you can be a man who likes romance novels i'm just Both kidding, of those things I'm just are kidding. True. i was just joking but also hi michelle like, <laughs> men
1: take note the mm. three of you i guess that you you know of three men oh we did get we did get a note from a man you're right take notes get, yeah, get the mom Actually, I know,
0: flowers i know five men who listen to this podcast wow oh. hey yeah all right so Here's the here's where things get a little problematic though. I mean, it's already been problematic, but um there are tons of double standards at play in their in their overall um conversation. They talk about men being rakes and uh, women being innocents. And like, you know, obviously men can all have all the sex. But as Simon says, Daphne shouldn't even know what French kissing is. I know. There's a lot of casual threats of violence. Yeah,
1: he's like, oh, I should throttle you because you know what smooches are.
0: Come on now. And then he goes, you're far too cheeky. Where is your brother? Surely someone should take you in hand. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So then, then. then, Okay. Go ahead.
1: Like, sometimes in historicals, there are these awful double standards and terrible things, you know, between genders because England.
0: Yeah. And and I think sometimes there are. That is at play here.
1: Because, you know, the the plot or the author or, you know, whatever. Like, I don't know that he needs to, like, be threatening violence against her, but everything else is just
0: because of England. It's true. A lot of it is just contextual. In fact, most of it is just contextual. And as we learned from Duchess War, I didn't know this. Dukes were apparently above prosecution. So he could actually throttle her and it Mm -hmm. apparently would not be a problem. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He could murder her dead. Right. Mm -hmm. Good, good, good. Okay. so then Anthony shows up and flips the fuck out. And more of these double standards are obviously at play. He is like, we're no longer friends because I know you and uh, you cannot be with my sister. And Simon, you know, tries to be like, half of my reputation is not deserved and you know it. And he's like, but Mm -hmm. I know the half that is. (laughs) And I'm like, Anthony, you have no problem being her brother. Like you were with him all of those times, whatever. So Anthony finally gets pulled kind of onside. He's mm-hmm. decided to allow this fake courtship in order to get Daphne more suitors. But he has three conditions. One, no one else can know because he doesn't want to break his mother's heart. Two, they're never to be alone. And three, if Simon does anything to compromise Daphne's reputation, Anthony is allowed to kill him. Murder. Murdilation.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And in this scene, most of that seemed funny to me like they're kind of like fighting each other yeah. and like it's it's pretty lighthearted like oh, yeah. between the two of them and i really i really enjoyed reading this like i really thought that anthony's like uh posturing and like girl i can't do anything about this and i'm
0: so mad at you guys like i thought that <laughs> was
1: really funny
0: i thought so too yeah yeah, and to the he starts posturing to the point that he attempts to rescind the dinner invitation he's already given to Simon. <laughs> right. And Daphne's like, nah, this is my house too. And he stays. So Simon, kid who's never had a family in his life, then experiences what a loving, boisterous family dinner mm-hmm. is like. And he gets pulled into going on a picnic with them to the Royal Observatory the next day. Mm-hmm. At which point... They are on a boat, um, and they flirt, and uh, I did really like when Simon was like, stop being so self-deprecating, like, stop saying things like, I'm faking a flirtation with you above all people, mm-hmm. and she's like, mm, maybe I'm pretty, <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And they well, revel in the power and arrogance of colonization with the use of Greenwich as the start of all time and longitudinal measurement because mm-hmm. har har
1: har. Yeah, this is the part of the historical romance where I'm kind of flipping a little bit. I'm like, huh, eh, boat, 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 family stuff, dinner, peas, wah, <laughs> No, it's true. Well, Greenwich.
0: basically, <laughs> yes, by the end of this, Daphne is full on in love with him, and she says, uh, as he deals with her younger siblings, she's like, "You're going to make a great father to someone someday." And he's like, "No, I will <laughs> never, <laughs> I will never have." to
1: Well, he told her. We skip this. So when they had the dance at the very first ball, when they decided mm. to enter into this plot, he told her, "I'm never going to get married." That's one of the reasons why he doesn't like all of this. Court, you know forced courtship stuff like all right. these mothers coming up to him because he's not looking because he has decided he will never marry anyone so this whole mm-hmm. time that she's like falling in love with him she's like
0: maybe i could convince him to maybe marry yeah. me. though this is the other problematic part so much of her once she falls in love with him is like i bet my love could fix everything yeah and you're like prob's not though. Boo. Yeah, and also if the
1: <laughs> genders were reversed in this scenario where a woman mm. had decided obviously in you know England time periods no right. woman is ever going to decide <laughs> not to get married. But like let's say that she had. She's like I've devoted myself to cats and spinsterhood. Mm. And then a man was just constantly like Or she's a, a low-key lesbian. Sure. Yeah, yeah. which right. you know happened a cats lot. And spinsterhood. Cats and right. spinsterhood. Um <laughs> and roommates. Mhm. <laughs> anyway, but like if that were the case, and there were a man just like constantly pursuing her being like, I know you made your wishes explicit, but like, I We would be you, talking though.
0: about him like Nigel. Yeah. Because yeah. it's manipulative. It's anyway. very manipulative. Yes. So anyway, she spends the whole time being like, I bet my love could fix him. And then they go to the fateful ball <laughs> where everything turns.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So wait, wait. To- Do we go to the, did we already go to the ball where like he wasn't supposed to be there? Yeah, that that's where we're going. That? That's
0: Lady Tobridge's ball. Oh, that's all the same ball?
1: Yeah, God, man. That ball
0: took forever. It <laughs> did. That's like a hundred-page you know ball. What? It was very eventful. <laughs>
1: I know, but okay. like, I definitely thought that was two different
0: parties. Right. So they go to this ball, it's out in the country. And um, Daphne's forlorn because Simon isn't there. Anthony has mandated that he stop going to all of the parties because if she's going to get suitors, he has to not be around all the time. And Daphne's like, but I don't want to talk to anybody else. I love Simon. I love Simon. He's so devastatingly handsome.
1: Oh, also society has started calling him the devastating Duke because he's so devastatingly (laughs) handsome. I and because love. he
0: doesn't say much because when he's uncomfortable, he, it's harder for him to control his stutter. Right. So everybody's like, oh, he's so mysterious. Uh-huh. And he's like, I just, sure. <laughs> okay. So they, she's so excited when he walks in, he tries to pass it off as like, I had nothing better to do. And she's like, no, I think it's because you love me. Mm-hmm. And... He then gets upset because his father gets brought up and he immediately clamps down and gets angry. And she's like, but it looks like he's angry with himself and not me, but I still don't know. And then he tells her that he is, in fact, angry at himself and not her, but he still needs. And so she's like, I bet you would like to get some air, huh? Maybe we could what? go out to the terrace. You're mm-hmm. acting like she
1: handled this situation really poorly. I think she handled it really well. Like he stops no, off. I... She wants to be like, what are you mad about? What's going on? What's the deal with your father? Why don't you want to talk about it? Why don't you want to right. talk about it? Like the thing, the thing, this is a stereotypical thing that I feel like this is the thing women always do when a man is like, I just need a moment. And you're like, why? Why do you need a moment? Why do you want to talk to Honestly, me? Honestly,
0: <laughs> that's actually me. <laughs> That's everyone. I have That's a the... hard time being like, okay, you can have some space. You can pie. have a minute. Are you done? Are you done? Are you <laughs> right? done? Are you still mad? Still That's... mad? Still mad? <laughs> That's everyone. It's and so instead true. Instead of no, being like, right. what's
1: the deal? She's just like, you want to talk about stars? Which right. Yeah. yeah do you want to get to handle me? it?
0: I didn't mean to imply that she handled it badly. I'm just talking about her inner workings, bro. Yeah, she, it, you know, she does want so... him to smooch
1: her. So she's uh-huh. trying to. She's, so trying she's trying to get to out of the... him outside. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. She's trying to get out of the watchful eye of Anthony because he said they mm. can never be alone. So that she's trying to like, you know, kind of sneak him off right. somewhere.
0: So he, she's like, "Let's go out to the terrace," and he was like, "That's actually one of the rules. We're not supposed to do that." And she's like, "Just some air, just some air. It's fine." And they go out, and then she she talks about stars with him and it makes him really happy and then her heart fills with joy because she was the one who wiped the frown off of his face Mm -hmm. and then she's like oh look it's a garden (laughs) we should I'm gonna go to the garden and you don't have to come with me (laughs) and he's like I can't leave you out there unprotected and she's like mmm what a weird societal convention (laughs) that should be definitely followed right now
1: (laughs) yeah and he's like, and well, I can't they... go out there. Or I'm definitely like, I won't be able to control myself. There's so much, like, mm-hmm. self-control and discipline so language for him. Like, it, will, it will overwhelm him, and he, he will have to ravish her if he follows her into the garden. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, then don't follow me then. Anyway, okay, go I'm into a, the garden. I'm a
0: gorgeous wood nymph going <laughs> off into the garden, <laughs> hoping that some satyr comes along and, <laughs> and catches yep. me. Okay, so... That is, in fact, what happens. He cannot control himself, and he they have this it's actually really sweet it's a really prolonged kiss and you get both of their inner monologues and it's gorgeous and my heart was racing and it was excellent and then he goes he's kissing her and he he needs to have more and so he goes down her top and he waits and he pauses and he gives her every opportunity to tell him to stop and she's basically like pulling him closer and so he he bears one of her breasts And that's when Anthony bursts on the scene. (laughs) Can I tell you?
1: But I'm I'm reading this and like my heart's going pitter pat as it Mm -hmm. does. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh, like I'm reading about the kiss and he's like, you know, necking with her and stuff. And then like when he flopped that boob out, I (laughs) personally was scandalized. And like (laughs) I was like, no, I was like, (laughs) Simon, you can't do that. You're in Lady Whatever's garden, like you. you can't do this. This is a public ball. What if somebody comes up behind you? And then, like, when Anthony did come up behind them, I was like,
0: God damn it, Simon. Like, how did you of do Of course this that to happened. Her? You have
1: ruined her. I was, I was 100% in oh the Oh my book gosh. I'm you
0: like, Englanded
1: hard. Dead. I was like, she's <laughs> ruined.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which, let's review, is the most ridiculous notion, but okay. So, well, okay. They,
1: I think the reason is this I've read a lot of historicals where somebody is ruined by. The presumption of something, or the perception mm. of something, or a, and, and a this was actually somebody or a misunderstanding. Seeing it, yeah, she has been ru- her boom is out in England. I was just <laughs> like, oh my god, like this girl is actually ruined in a way that's not going to be cleared up by. A letter or you know going to lady so-and-so's house and coming clean like that's usually the situation not like the boobs
0: out at a ball you know she's not preggers but and she wasn't seen by a mortal enemy she was seen by her brother even
1: that like even if she was preggers maybe they could whisk her off to like a to i don't know spain where do they go in england (laughs) times when they're preggers they go hide for a while (laughs) then they come back like even that can be she was seen going into this garden with Simon.
0: By her brother. Yeah, and my like others too. It, how unnatural. Uh, it is unnatural. Like, you don't want to see your sister's boob. I mean, OK, I wouldn't want my brother to see me in any kind of throw of passion. But my boob has popped out in the ocean. And it wasn't <laughs> that big a deal. Is like, your brother one of our five male listeners? <laughs> I don't think so. He should be, though. <laughs> Hi, Adam. I love you. <laughs> Uh, Sorry about that one time where I boob popped out in the ocean.
1: If he is listening to this, if he knows about this and is listening, he's thinking, Melody, it was a big deal. Like, I saw your <laughs> boob in the ocean.
0: Like, how dare you say it wasn't a big deal? Oh, my gosh. When he first visited me and I had just had Ember, I was shameless. And I mean, yeah, the whole time I breastfed, totally shameless. <laughs> I'd pop my boob out anywhere he was hungry. <laughs> and it was what so I'm cute to t- watch my brother just like quietly turn his back. <laughs>
1: I, what I imagined for a moment was Adam, uh, Anthony-style, like, wanting to then punch out the ocean <laughs> or, <laughs> or your child. Like, How dare no you, No one sir. scandalizes my sister, so <laughs> we'll murder you, see? <laughs>
0: All right. Okay. Sorry. So, okay. So, they fight. And it's a whole thing. They end up pushing Daphne into a, a thorny bush. And then Simon has to pull her out. And that's the only thing that really breaks up the, the kerfuffle. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Anthony says that Simon will pay at the altar. And Simon's like, no, I will not. I'll be in Europe by tomorrow. It's fine. And then, of course, Daphne is heartbroken. I would be, too. Like, that was so huh.
1: Like, you will pay at the altar. Like, I'm, I'm going to murder you or you're going to marry my sister. And he's like, murder. I'll go with murder. Well
0: no. So then he challenges him to the duel. And that's when she really and actually I haven't I have never cried at like a conflict like this before. You cried and at I this? didn't cry. I didn't cry, but I definitely like teared up. It, I, maybe I was having an emotional day. Who uh-huh. knows? <laughs> so <laughs> but it was so sad. I didn't cry until she looked at him and she said, I've always known I'm not the sort of woman men dream of. Oh but yeah, I never I thought I never thought anyone would prefer death to marriage to me. And mm-hmm. uh, I uh, kind of lost it because, mm-hmm. I mean, I think all of us can can relate to yeah. a sentiment like that. Well, I've that. had many men be like, I
1: would rather die than marry you. <laughs> Aaron! <laughs> I've had many men, I'd be like, do you, do you want to marry me? And then just be like, no, like, kill me now. Just...
0: Just throngs (laughs) of men. Yeah, you have no idea. They're all gone now. So, (laughs) right? They're dead. Yeah. So he tries to um, he tries to explain to her, because he's like, if it could be anyone, it would be you. But marriage to me would destroy you. You'd die a little bit every day. I can't really explain why, but I can't ruin you like that. And she's like, I'm already ruined, but then they leave. And then she has to plot to stop the duel. And this is where Colin really, really seals the deal as MVP, brother, and you know character like supportive character because at first he tries to walk in and be all what did you and hastings do because my friend saw you and then she sort of breaks down and he's like (laughs) "Oh, okay you're right i'm just gonna sit here and support you and then be your spy and find out where the duel is and then ride off with you into the sunset to make sure that we stop the duel and he's the best Mm -hmm. um oh man when she rode into that duel are we there yet Oh yeah, oh. yeah. So they're riding, and she she's put on breeches Ugh. for the occasion, yeah. and it's delicious. And she rides in screaming,
1: "Wait!" And it's I the know. best. Like they're they're like doing the duel. They've got the guns and everything. I'm imagining like the early morning fog of oh, yeah. England times, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> <laughs> You've got your Pride and Prejudice fog floating around. It's drawn or whatever, you know. Like it's beautiful, mm-hmm. and then they describe her riding in on this horse. Like it's it's such a good description, and she's like, yeah, like galloping, and she's low on the horse, and she's like,
0: way, like uh, it's wonderful. It was wonderful. It was lovely. And and once again, I am not a person that supports violence, but she punches Simon in the face at one point in mm-hmm. order to definitely delay the duel and i was at the table i was there i was for it but the toxic masculinity of this duke oh. would not
1: she's like i'm gonna punch you and you're gonna lay down and then my brother right. can't shoot you because you'll be on the ground and that's you know dishonor huh and he's like she punches him like real fucking hard Oh, yeah. Because Anthony has already punched him in his right eye. She punches him in his left eye. So now he's got double mm-hmm. black eyes. And he's like, I'm not laying down. I'm not going to be felled by a woman. And she's like, you are the worst.
0: <laughs> like- yeah, she's like, men, idiots all. And I could not disagree with her. Yeah. Um, although this is where I actually got interested in reading Benedict's love story, which is book three, because at some point. The the brothers try to like get her to go home, and Benedict's, Benedict looks at everyone and is like, "She deserves to have her say." And True. I was like, Thank you, Benedict. So she tells him that she's going to be ruined because people saw them sneak off into the garden unless he marries her, and he's mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, okay, uh, we will do that then. I will marry you." Well, first and- he tells
1: her why he why you know, just let him kill me because I can't have children. I can't have children. Right. So and she's told him that she wants this big family, like that's her main goal in life, is she just wants to be a mother so badly, which I I cannot I don't understand, but I'm sure that's I get it. Oh some people. This guy, totally get
0: it. (laughs) Yep. Yep.
1: Melody just raised her hand as if she was in a classroom, (laughs) like,
0: ooh, ooh, ooh. I mean,
1: not that I like not that it won't happen or whatever, but I'm not like if it didn't, I wouldn't be like you know, no, know totally but, but there are is. some people
0: where it, it it is a top priority right. i was one of those people and luckily i married someone that being a father was his top priority as well and we now have an ember who i'm obsessed with <laughs> and i would be really like um i actually dated a guy at one point that that said that he couldn't have kids but he or i don't know if he couldn't or he wouldn't but he also was not interested in adoption because to him It was like having little strangers running around your house. And Mm. for me, that was an absolute deal breaker. I was like, Mm -hmm. I will be a mother. If we can't have them naturally, that's fine. We will fucking adopt. Mm -hmm. And it was basically the end of our relationship. Because it's really, I mean, if you're not on the same page with that, that's cray. Yeah. Guys, get that out of the way early. I know
1: several couples that are dealing with this uh, after marriage. And it is devastating.
0: Devastating. Anyway, okay. Ugh. So uh, like these guys, the, but actually. the best. But the best thing is that she's she looks at him and she's like, "You're worth it. You're worth because it." Because in her in her twenty year old stupidity, <laughs> she thinks he's worth it, and it's and then relief washed over him, hmm. and uh, she then she does because, a lot of hoping because
1: he thinks she means it. <laughs> is why relief right. washes over him.
0: Well, no, and because he gets to marry her because he is actually in love with her. Yeah, and then she does a lot of hoping that her love can fix his vas deferens. Um, and that.
1: (laughs) sex educator melody, like these words just roll out of your mouth. I'm just like, what is, is that a. (laughs) Uh, And I have a note here that says, Mm. so after this very dramatic dual culmination and the tearful I will marry you's, I have a note that says, so. (laughs) I read this book. So we were supposed to record on Sunday afternoon, and then on Friday afternoon, we decided no 3 a.m. Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) And I had only read, uh, I would say, 50 pages of this book, maybe? No, 150. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Keep going. Well, when we decided, I think 50, by the time we talked, 150. So I like, I just read this. So this is like 10 p.m. tonight, last night. And I'm like, all right, that's probably the end of the book. And like, I like zoomed out and I was like, what? Like, How is this the middle? How is this the middle? It's so It has exciting. to be the middle. Because they oh, have that's to do true. sex.
0: Yeah, no, we had multiple conflicts in this book and all of them were very exciting.
1: But had this been the end of the book, I think I would have been satisfied
0: with it. Yes, I think I would have been more satisfied because of the <laughs> shit that goes down later. Yeah, Maybe. Anyway. Okay, so the night before her wedding, she's talking to her mother, or rather uh, her mother is attempting to talk to her, and it's so, so sad because sex educator Melody was horrified. Her mother, who is let's review, had eight children and mm. a very healthy sex life with her now deceased husband, cannot bring herself to tell her what the quote unquote marital duty is Mm -hmm. and all daphne knows by the end of the conversation is that her mother is embarrassed it's like kissing and it leads to children that's all
1: and her mother says i I highlighted this uh violet's talking and she says and he will perform certain violet grope for a word her hands actually waving through the air quote intimacies upon your person upon your like, I person just imagine her just like waving her hands like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i thought this scene oh, was so funny a little sad but also very funny
0: no it was again a lot of the really problematic parts of this book are mitigated with humor and i mm-hmm. i deeply enjoyed it so then they get married and they're they're off to his childhood home um where he grew up and it's like he's actually got some painful memories there and at Daphne's cajoling. They stop at an inn because this girl wants her
1: wedding night.
0: Yeah. Whatever it is,
1: she wants to do it. And at first she's he says they're it gonna to like it. they're gonna go they're gonna travel through the night and she's like aren't we gonna can we stop at an inn and he's like yeah because we need to eat and she's like can we stop at an inn and snooze there and like
0: and he's like oh of course you delicate flower you definitely need to sleep but I am gonna try to get separate rooms because I'm not going to have your wedding night in oh. a roadside inn and uh, when ugh. he.
1: Asks for separate rooms. That is the part where I felt devastated. Where she realizes that he's trying to get separate rooms and she realizes that whatever it is that people do, he doesn't want to do with her. And she's like forced him into this marriage.
0: Oh, it's just awful. That was the part that broke my heart. Yeah. But then they do end up in in the same room. And Daphne wants nothing more but to have her first time in an inn. As they're chatting about it, he realizes that she thinks he's impotent because he said that he can't have kids mm-hmm. and he doesn't necessarily want to do the marital act with her. He's horrified, but also really amused. And he's like, au contraire, mon ami. Let's get to sexy town. Yeah,
1: Because he just didn't want to do it in an inn because he thought that like was a disservice to
0: her. Right. And I mean, he proved uh, everyone wrong in that regard. Here's the thing, though. As a not necessarily connoisseur of the Georgian or Regency era, but you know, I know enough about costuming in that time. I literally there didn't even wasn't... know this was an era before you said that. anyway. <laughs> there wasn't enough talk about stays for me. What's he always a stay? just uh corset. He oh. always just magically rips her clothes off, and I'm like, yeah, you know, there's a lot of laces and a lot of ties and a lot of things, like yeah, and those can be I sexy things too. Right, right. But he always just like takes her dress down and then takes it over her head and it's done. And I'm like, no, there's definitely a corset in between the chemise and the overgown. Like that's definitely there. Anyway, whatever. (laughs) So they have really good sex and it is a delight to read and imagine. And I highly recommend that you read the book. Uh, I highly recommend, I think, that you read all these books, even Mm -hmm. though I haven't read the rest of them. Because again, it makes you think. And it makes you feel things.
1: <laughs> There's a gross discussion of virginity right before the sex, though, that I was like, oh, God, is this going to be? Because he's very like, I'm so honored to be the only man oh, yeah. to touch you so. And if another man even looks at you ever again, like, I will kill him. I'll have and to it's, punch it's him. like, no, kill him.
0: Oh, that's right. Kill. And then, um, Daphne because once again she's an idiot and she's 20 and also England times. She's like, "Oh, to be the object of such irrational jealousy is so wonderful." I know, well, like but... at first maybe. I mean, at first until Oof. Yeah. Until he well, starts saying know. things like, I literally own you, which don't yeah. worry, he does
1: later. Bless her heart, she's 20. We all thought that was cool at 20, so. It's really true. I you was know a why? butter butter at 20. Of,
0: I know. And you know why? Because patriarchy. vampire
1: books. Oh, patriarchy. Yep. Oh, yep. also that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, patriarchy precedes vampire books, so. <laughs> well, not vampire books. I'll give books. it to both I'm of us. Saying,
1: like, culture. Because <laughs> I hadn't read, as we know, any vampire books. But that's a problem. Don't teach girls that. Rational jealousy. They should be, jealousy
0: is romantic. Yeah, no, and and gesture. nobody should ever be coveted. Ugh. <laughs> okay. So then they have a great honeymoon. They literally don't leave the room for like a week. And it's mm. awesome. That's mm. sort of a, that's just a description overall. We don't get any uh, descriptions of actual sex during that time. But then she starts getting bits and pieces of his childhood from the staff. Mm-hmm. And she learns about his uh, stammer. And she has a fateful conversation with the housekeeper about his mother that then leads her to figure out how babies are actually made. Yeah, because he's been pulling out y'all. Oh, <laughs> Every yeah, time. the whole time. He spills his seed Ugh. on the sheets next to her. <laughs> it's,
1: it's a pretty gross description, to be honest. It really like, is. It really necessary.
0: Is. Mm-hmm. So that night when they're having sex, she tells him she loves him for the first time. And he's so overcome that he almost doesn't get to the pulling out part. But then he does. And everything clicks in her brain. And she's like, hold on. You said you can't have children, but now it, it really seems like you just won't have children. And he's like, I mean, they're the same thing. And she's like, no, they're fucking not. You lied to me. She freaks out. He freaks out. He leaves. They have this whole vicious blowout where he tells her everything. And he's determined that the Hastings title is going to die with him. Because he, he hates his have... dad so much. Yes. It's his last final revenge against his dad. So then the next day, she moves into her own room. And he doesn't realize until the night. And he's like, we're not going to be my parents and sleep in separate rooms. We're going to have a loving fucking marriage. Mm -hmm. And she's like, no, now that you're withholding children, I'm withholding Punani. So Mm -hmm. get out. I'll see you never. And that's when he tells her that Um, he owns her. She
1: must leave the room. Simon started to shake with rage. I own this room. He growled. I own you.
0: He says it more
1: than once, but... He
0: does. I mean, and this is not the first time he's thought about the fact that, like, men own all the things women stand in (laughs) and Mm -hmm. the fact that they own them as well. But um, this is when he actually says it out loud to a person. So I, at this point, have actually been... I was really anxious because I thought there was going to be a sexual assault that happened. Thankfully, he goes out and gets drunk and to, he and, and then a sexual assault happens later. well just wait wait <laughs> <laughs> so then he comes back to makeup and he's adorable wait and he so he goes
1: out and gets drunk i have to say this did you notice yeah. that when he gets drunk he has his like kevin costner in the bodyguard moment where he just sucker punches a bunch of people because he's frustrated oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah are you familiar well, with that Duke, scene remember? in the bodyguard it's ridiculous. Yes. Like he's mad at yeah. Whitney Houston, so he just goes out and like punches people on the street. <laughs> it's not sexy, guys. That's not sexy. Anyway, not. so he comes home it's drunk. A- he is adorable when he's drunk, but um, and I then don't know. He,
0: he gets her to lay down with him, and he's like, don't leave me, don't leave me. Everybody leaves. And she's like, okay. So then she falls asleep for a little while, and when she wakes up, he has some morning wood. Mm. and She's like, hmm, all of the possibilities. Mm-hmm. And she starts... She starts strategizing to herself and she decides she's going to have a baby whether he likes it or not. And so Uh, now it gets hot. No, no, it gets hot though because she's like, she gets his consent for everything up to uh, the final bit Mm -hmm. and she's feeling like really empowered and she's touching herself and he's like, oh my God, I want to watch you forever Mm -hmm. and everything is hot and great until he says... Oh, Christ, he suddenly burst out, his voice harsh and primitive with need. I'm going to. I can't. His eyes pinned upon her with a strange, pleading sort of look, and he made a feeble attempt to pull away. Daphne bore down on him with all her might. He exploded within her, the force of his climax lifting his hips up off the bed, pushing her up along with him. She planted her hands underneath him, using all her strength to hold him against her. She would not lose him this time. She would not lose this chance. She totally rapes her husband and nothing about it is okay. And I was deeply, deeply freaked the fuck out. Daphne. And uh, Daphne, I loved you for... The whole book. Mm-hmm. I thought that you were a badass. And
1: and this is when Melody obviously... calls me and is like, hey, where are you at that part in the book? And I'm like, <laughs> uh, they're going to go on a picnic. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was like, nope, you're obviously not because you would know. Okay, bye. We record in five hours and they're about to go <laughs> on a, a picnic of some
0: sort. There's a boat. <laughs> so it's cray. He understandably freaks out and he's like how could you do that? Oh, I told yeah. you that was the one thing you couldn't do. I told you I would never have kids. He is so upset that he starts stammering really badly and he feels really ashamed and he leaves the next morning. And ironically, her reaction to this is is to to say like her inner monologue says she'd always assumed if you worked hard enough for something and treated everyone the way she would like to be treated then she would be rewarded. Uh, can you imagine? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Darling. I do not think that rape is the way you want to be treated. I'm just, I'm just throwing, throwing things out there. <laughs> just spitballing here. But methinks that rape is not a part of the golden rule. Am I wrong? You know, I guess it depends
1: on who you are. Oh, England times. <laughs> but can you imagine if this were a romance novel with the genders reversed and she did not want to have children and he like pinned her oh down? Can you
0: imagine? Anyway. Oh my Christ. Bicicleta. So the only thing that, and, and this is where I love books like this because it really starts getting me thinking about power dynamics and gender equality and all that sort of thing, right? And it's that's what really me. gets Melody hot. Really <laughs> <laughs> Listener. Does. So... But it's so, it's so complicated, though, because women in this time really have no power whatsoever. She doesn't own herself. She doesn't own the clothes she wears. She doesn't own her house. She has no pocket money, even, unless he gives it to her. He actually owns her. He can beat the living shit out of her, mm-hmm. and it is perfectly legal. The one power that she sort of has is sex his feelings toward her and more than anything it's children her right. one aspiration in life the only thing that she can think to herself like is hers would be her children and in that way i am not saying this was right or cool or anything because it is it is absolutely wrong but i had a hard time like painting her as the blackguard, if you will what is that word? What is that? Blunder? The blunder? she's like black-hearted, like a like a villain. I couldn't paint her the villain. Oh, okay. Maybe you Just should edit out where I
1: didn't know a word. Probably not. No, nope, leave it in. Not gonna <laughs> do it. God nope. damn it.
0: <laughs> we have we have kept in every time I've been an absolute imbecile. So guess what, babe? It's, it's not your my turn. fault. You
1: don't know who Harrison
0: Ford is. <laughs> it's not my fault.
1: <laughs> And okay. Apparently, we received at least one comment from one listener who loved that. So, <laughs> it's true. It's true. All right. Uh,
0: I think it makes me more human. <laughs> oh. So,
1: to, to our legions of fans,
0: <laughs> it humanizes you from your celebrity post. <laughs> uh, oh, all right. I've officially snorted. So he leaves, and I am for that. But his whole thing is, let me know if you conceived and i guess we'll figure it out from there and mm-hmm. she's like fuck i hope i conceived because i'm um, like my husband's gone and i'm devastated and all the things so she does think she conceived goes back to london stays in her house in, in hastings house thinks she conceives sends off a, a note um sort of via anthony but that's not important because anthony's a dumbass and he comes back thinking that she has a, a his baby growing and when he gets there he finds her riding. She's gone out to ride. As you do when you're pregnant. Well, that's the thing, right? So she's she's having to ride side saddle because society and all of her inner monologue is like I have to write off this grief. And you think at first that it's probably because her husband's still not home, but then she has this she takes this fall and he comes to her aid because he's come to find her and he's like the baby the baby is the baby okay and she's like I like I I must have miscarried or maybe I wasn't pregnant at all or maybe I just I thought it and so my my monthly courses didn't come but I just got my period and I'm not pregnant and it's really sweet and he's like you know I'm I'm sorry and he comforts her and then she comforts him because he's like you know I, I I want to be happy I don't want my father to rule all of my decisions from the grave I want to be happy with you I want to create you know a life that's filled with love with you And so they go back to their house to have some really hot makeup sex and her three fucking brothers are standing there. Mm -hmm. And they're like, they're like, you, we're not leaving here until you prove to us that you love her. And it's so (laughs) dumb.
1: He's like, yeah, I'm about to do that. You might want to
0: leave. (laughs) Right. So he takes her to the end of the hallway and he's like, I do love you, like from the bottom of my soul. And... They start making out in a very unseemly manner in front of her brothers, and then, I mean, just goddess that she is, Violet, Violet. comes in and drags them out quite literally by their ears, and it's delightful. Mm-hmm. And by the end, he decides that he, the only place he's ever going to come ever again, <laughs> is I'm <sorry>. inside her. <laughs> it's just it's like, okay, all right. Ugh. Actually, you know what? Oddly enough, and I think this might say something about my personality in general, that statement makes me cringe less than the term making love. <laughs> <laughs> really? I don't like it. I don't know why. I'm just like, say you're having sex. I don't know. <laughs> just say having sex. Is that wrong? Anyway, guys, you should read this book immediately. It is so fabulous. And it also makes you think, which of course is is all the things I love. Mm-hmm.
1: Especially the first genre. half. The first half I really, really enjoyed. The second half kind of waned for me. But like, if you read it right up yeah. into that duel, and then skip to that sex.
0: Mm. Oh yeah, it's yeah. Good, good good times all around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good times all around. Do you have a lady love suggestion? Okay. My lady love, my self-love recommendation Mm -hmm. this week. It's very simple. I've been kind of sick this week and it's been no fun. So my self-love recommendation this week is tea infused with ginger, Mm. especially if you're having any kind of tummy trouble. It's so yummy and it can be really spicy if you put enough in it and it's really cleansing and ginger's just, I mean, it's a miracle root to begin with, but tea with ginger was really one of the things that got me through this week.
1: So this week I was cruising on Smart Bitches Trashy Books, as you do,
0: Mm.
1: and they were doing their weekly uh, podcast recommendations For which I like commented and I was like, I have a podcast and like no one liked it. So we'll we'll, (laughs) we'll see if anyone saw that. But um, one of the podcasts they recommended on the thing was a query with Cameron Esposito on a particular episode with uh, Stephanie Beatrice from Brooklyn Nine-Nine where they talk about lady stuff and Latina stuff and, most importantly, being a bisexual woman in today's society and, like, how she kind of came to that and, like, all these different things. And it was – so based on that recommendation, I went and listened to that podcast. And it was really good, really, really good episode. So you should listen to that.
0: Awesome. All right. We'll we'll try to include a link to that on the episode description. Mm -hmm. All right, cool. Well – Thank you, everyone, for being with us once again this week. Happy Thanksgiving. We hope that you... Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. And thank you so much just for being you and for listening and for loving this nonsense as much as we do. OK, so subscribe and give us a five-star review. And then we'll do your novel suggestion. Although, as we just proved, it's- If you email we'll us and don't do take that. the bribe, we, yeah. <laughs> we still might do it. <laughs> but we will
1: definitely do it if you, if you five-star review us
0: right you can always find us on instagram at heaving bosoms we put previews up there we put fun little tidbits um from each episode sometimes it's screenshots of our text messages you know the whole thing and then you can always reach us via email at heaving at gmail.com tell us what you thought of the last podcast tell us what you'd like us to review tell us how you got into romance novels whatever you want let's just chat and then um yeah come back next week. So keep being badass and
1: love yourself as much as you love getting ravished in gardens.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Alright. Alright. Bye Erin. Bye, Bye Mel. Mel. then we'll do whatever book you want. We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah, Lila's. Okay, back to the show.